Illusion of Name and Form A Dharma talk given by Venerable Master Shunkai on 1st January 1989 in West Covina, California, USA. Happy New Year! But that's not to say that if it isn't the New Year, we'll be unhappy. At each moment of the day, if we constantly be with Buddha, then I believe we will surely be happy every day. Before we begin a Dharma talk, why do we usually recite Shakyamuni Buddha? There are two reasons for this. Firstly, Buddha Dharma are the teachings bequeathed to us by our teacher, Shakyamuni Buddha. We are here to learn and practice what Buddha taught. Secondly, having travelled quite a distance to attend this talk, some of you are still trying to catch your breath. You've just sat down and your minds are not yet settled. Reciting Shakyamuni Buddha will help to settle your mind. In this way, we'll have Buddha in our mind. With Buddha in our mind, I believe that everyone will be able to comprehend the Buddha Dharma better. In teaching Buddha Dharma, we find Buddha Dharma everywhere. It is inexhaustible. Take this teacup, for instance. Even a teacup can lead to an enormous chapter of Buddha's teachings. With Buddha Dharma, once you have gained a clearer understanding, you will then be able to see it in its entirety, including all of its different aspects and interconnections. Buddha Dharma is actually very simple. It is the simplest thing to learn, unlike things in this secular world that can be quite troublesome to learn. I mentioned just now that we could expound the Buddha Dharma based on a teacup, but how? Well, we could say this teacup is not a teacup. It is called a teacup. To explain the teacup, we say that it isn't a teacup and only thus is a teacup. This may sound very contradictory indeed. A teacup and yet not a teacup? What on earth does this mean? This is a formula of Buddha Dharma. This teacup, not a teacup, is called a teacup. This teacup thing isn't a teacup. We named it teacup. We need to realise that teacup is its given name and this round-shaped glass vessel its form. Everything, no matter what it is, has a name and a form. Right now, we are human beings. We have human names and human forms. For example, if your mother had named you Paul at birth, then you would be Paul. If named Kitty, you'd be Kitty. However, in ancient China, children were formally given another name when they began their schooling. So names are just labels. They are false. Take another example. People now are called human beings. If at the very beginning the name had been Tiger, then perhaps people would now be known as tigers rather than human beings. Therefore, names and forms are false names and false forms. What about this form called teacup? Today, if this teacup held water, we might be calling it a water cup rather than a teacup. If it held wine, we might be calling it a wine cup. 
If it held soy sauce or vinegar, we might be calling it soy sauce dish or vinegar dish. But because we wish to drink tea, we pour tea into the cup, and so this vessel is called a teacup. Thus, all names are false. There are innumerable objects in this world. This is a flower, a lotus flower. This is a table. This is cloth. These are spectacles. But if they are not called spectacles, that would be all right as well. So all names are false. Everything in this world has a name and a form. Now we are saying that the name teacup is false. It can easily be changed. But then, what about this form? Clearly, we can see it. We need to understand that everything is made up of earth, water, fire, wind, and space. Take a building, for example. Its basic material is earth. Our human skin, bone, muscle, and hair are all attributed to the earth. Likewise, a teacup has material too. That material is also earth. Let's say that we have some clay, so we want to make a teacup. But the raw material of clay is earth, which is dry. Without water, it is impossible for us to make a teacup. Thus, having earth, we still require water. Furthermore, we also need to have fire because even if we fashion a teacup from clay. Without fire to bake it, the cup cannot be produced. With fire, there needs to be wind. When the fire refuses to burn, a gust of wind gets it going. Finally, we need space. If these seats had not been empty, it would be impossible for us to be seated here. If this table had not been empty, this cup could not be placed on it. Any object, anywhere. Has to occupy a space. The five elements—earth, water, fire, wind, and space—are causes and conditions. As for the raw materials of these five elements, their beginning is the cause. Earth and water are both causes. The composition of water can be further divided into many components, such as hydrogen, oxygen, and minerals. Carbon dioxide is another example. Scientifically speaking, carbon dioxide is made up of many constituents, and the same goes for space. You may perceive the space to be empty, but according to scientific analysis, there are further divisions of components in this space. Earth, water, fire, wind, and space are thus known as causes. What then are conditions? The five elements aggregate as a result of our needs. For instance, because people wanted to drink tea, craftsmen began making cups. Due to our need to use the cups for tea drinking, they became known as tea cups. But if we needed to use the cups for drinking water, then the name would be water cups instead. Since these are unreal names and unreal forms. When the cup is reduced to its constituent parts, the cup does not exist anymore. Thus, it is a false form. Due to aggregation of causes and conditions, a teacup comes into existence. 
That was my example. Now, think about this. Is there anything in this world that isn't a false name and false form? When you thoroughly understand the principle, you'll find that there's material everywhere to base Dharma talks on. Because Buddha Dharma is omnipresent. This law of cause and condition is a truth. It is one of the truths expounded by the Buddha. Everything in this world is formed by aggregations of earth, water, fire, wind and space. Likewise for humans, except humans have an additional quality, consciousness. Therefore a human being is made up of an aggregation of earth, water, fire, wind, space and consciousness. Earth is our body. There is muscle, skin, hair, bone, etc. These are all earth. After we die, our body decomposes and it is still a pile of earth. Water, our tears, blood, sweat and urine are all water. Fire, the fire in our body is our body heat, our thermal energy. If our body lacked fire, we would not be able to survive. Human digestion is an endothermic process. Without heat energy, we cannot digest food. Thus, our body heat is crucial. Wind. Our body needs wind as well. Wind is the air that circulates in our body. Space. Do you know where the space in human beings is? Human beings need space. If you don't believe this, try pinching your nose shut. Without space, air doesn't flow and you will die. Hence the whole body is full of spaces. There are skin pores everywhere and all internal organs have spaces. By the same token, if this seat hadn't been empty, I couldn't be seated here now. If this room hadn't been empty, you couldn't be gathered here today listening to this Dharma talk. So people need space. And then humans have something additional, our consciousness. This refers to our ability to discern, to think. It is also known as soul. When these six kinds of causes and conditions, earth, water, fire, wind, space and consciousness aggregate, they form a person. Humans are produced by the law of cause and condition. What is this law? Humans have parents. The parents are causes. Because there is a father, a mother, and an additional cause, consciousness. When these three kinds of causes and conditions are satisfied, a human being is produced. From the formation of a fetus to a person's death, it has earth, water, fire, wind, space, and consciousness. It is also similar with animals and plants, except that plants are a little bit different. The plant itself is earth. Take wood, for instance. It grows out of the soil. You would be right to say that the wood is soil, because if you placed a large tree on the ground and left it there for a very long time, you would find nothing left of it later but the pile of soil that it became. It would have decomposed. The human body undergoes a similar process. 
Look at what happens to a dead body after a few years. It also becomes a pile of soil. Hence, it is also earth. Water. Without rain and moisture, can trees grow? Trees can't possibly grow. They will wither and die. All trees need water. Fire. Do you think tree saplings can survive without sunlight? Without sunlight, trees cannot grow to maturity. Thus sunlight is also needed. Wind is air. When air moves, it becomes wind. Without wind and variations in the air, a tree cannot grow. The same goes for space. If there already is a large tree here, it is impossible for you to have another large tree in the same spot because trees are material objects. Whilst humans have consciousness or soul, plants have sense, which is not the same as consciousness. Plants have an innate sense of light. If a plant grows in a spot with sufficient sunlight, its leaves flourish and take on a vibrant shade of green. Plants without a sense of light have pale leaves and are deficient in certain nutrients. Thus plants cannot lack earth, water, fire, wind, space and sense. Animals cannot lack earth, water, fire, wind, space and consciousness. Plants and animals differ in this single aspect. Knowing this principle, can you now think of something that is not formed in this manner? If you can, then this would not be Buddha Dharma. But since all animals and plants are produced in this way, this principle cannot be refuted. And since it cannot be refuted, it is a truth. By truth, we refer to a real explanation which can neither be repudiated nor debunked. This is what is meant by Buddhism speaks the truth. This world is a form produced from aggregations of causes and conditions. For example, when a father, a mother and a soul are put together, that constitutes the condition. Due to this condition, a human being is produced. Now consider this podium. Originally, it did not exist. We couldn't purchase it even if we wanted to. But we needed such a podium. So what was to be done? Fortunately, we had Mr. Smith, who is a talented man. He repairs cars and can also do a little carpentry. Because Mr. Smith knew that we needed a podium, he bought the necessary materials and built this podium himself. Due to these causes and conditions, this podium was produced. If causes and conditions were lacking, I couldn't find any podium, and nobody could construct one either. Then there would be no podium. Besides, even if Mr. Smith had built a podium, if nobody needed it for a lecture, then perhaps his handiwork would only be used at home, as a table for a teapot and teacups. It would not be called a podium then. Similarly, everything is produced by specific kinds of causes and conditions. Hence, in this world, all events and objects are merely forms produced by aggregations of causes and conditions. This is the law of cause and condition.
It is applicable everywhere. Think about it. Is there anything unrelated to causes and conditions? We might say that nothing is separate from causes and conditions. Meanwhile, all things and events produced by the aggregation of causes and conditions are also impermanent forms. All things and events produced by the law of cause and condition will eventually return to emptiness. This flower here is blooming very beautifully. We have put it on this podium because it's needed here. If we didn't need it, this flower would not be here. Even this fresh flower itself is an aggregation of causes and conditions. It is a product of earth, water, fire, wind and space. Having been placed here, we presently see a flower. But after a few days, the flower will wilt, decompose and disappear. If it were an artificial flower, it could serve as a display for a longer period of time. But nevertheless, all material objects ultimately decay. When their time comes, they no longer remain. Thus, all that is formed by the law of cause and condition are unreal and empty. They are all impermanent. Can you think of anything that exists forever? What will never change and never deteriorate? Please reflect on this. about the air that we breathe? Is air permanent? There are many places in this world that are in a state of vacuum. There is no air in a vacuum tube. So you see, air changes. If air cannot change, then people would not dare to breathe it either. There is nothing in this world that does not change. Comprehend this principle and you will understand impermanent form. Presently, we may observe how beautiful and obedient a child is. But after a few years, that child will be different. And then, look at him again after another 50 years. That child will be an old man or an old lady. Where will that child be then? This is the impermanent form. Everybody is changing from moment to moment except that we do not realise it. When a house is built, it is new and vacant. But take another look at it in 50 years' time. The house has changed. Perhaps it is dilapidated. It changes every day, but you do not realise it because the length of a day is too short a time for the change to be apparent. People keep changing every day too, for example, when you've just shaven off your hair, your head is bald and shiny, but your hair is constantly growing. When it has grown longer, you shave it off again. Just imagine, since the time when you were an infant, your hair has never stopped growing. Your hair changes every day throughout your lifetime. This is indicative of the impermanent form. Everything is changing. These impermanent forms are aggregated forms. What is an aggregated form? The teacup which we mentioned before is an aggregated form. 
produced by the combination of various things. A house is also an aggregation of many materials, such as bricks, tiles, timber, plastics, metal nails, etc. All these are the result of the law of cause and condition. They are all impermanent and aggregated forms. Think about it. What in this world is not an aggregated form? People too are a combination of earth, water, fire, wind and space. Buildings are an aggregation of things. Even this city of Los Angeles is also an aggregation of a great many causes and conditions. On an even larger scale, this earth is a big aggregated form. And so is the universe. They are not separated from earth, water, fire, wind and space. When you understand that all things are impermanent, you will not be attached to them. It is because people fail to realize that things are impermanent that they become so attached to them. Now you know that all these are merely aggregated forms, impermanent forms, and they are forms produced by aggregations of causes and conditions. For instance, a family is also formed by causes and conditions. Because there is a father and a mother, there are then sons and daughters. When there are sons and daughters, there will be grandchildren. Thus a family is formed. But after a few years, due to old age, the elder ones will die and the younger ones will become old. Those not yet born will be born. Family members from the past three or four generations will no longer exist. These are also phenomena of impermanence, causes and conditions, and aggregation. We certainly would not say that the world and all creatures were created by God. If God created everything, then who created God? This doesn't make sense. If you understand these principles, you will be able to embrace Buddhism easily and learn fast. Moreover, if everyone truly comprehends these principles, everyone will be able to speak the Dharma. Regardless of how you turn things over and examine them, the principles of causes and conditions, aggregation and impermanence will still apply. When you truly understand these principles, you are immediately a Dharma teacher. Why? When you can fully comprehend these principles, you can go on and on for days and nights speaking the Dharma. I have just shared all these with you to elicit your comprehension. From now on, relate these principles to the various situations in your everyday life. Observe everything carefully and you will realize that there is always Buddha Dharma there. Take, for example, all these forms that we are seeing now. In the Diamond Sutra, it is taught that all forms that we see are phenomena of arisings and ceasings of many aggregated causes and conditions. That which are continually produced are known as phenomena of arising and ceasing, or sentient beings. There are inner sentient beings and outer sentient beings. Inner sentient beings refer to the thinking in our mind, our opinions and attachments, 
while outer sentient beings refer to the arising and ceasing of causes and conditions that are outside of our mind, including external beings. When the inner and outer sentient beings arise continually, this is known as the sentient being form. There is a statement in the Diamond Sutra, All forms are illusory. Seeing all forms to be non-form is seeing tathagata. Since all forms are unreal and empty, we should empty ourselves of them. When all has emptied away, what is revealed is the tathagata. This Buddha statue that we see before us is a form made of stone. It is a tathagata form, not tathagata. The true tathagata can only be perceived when we have shattered all forms. Hence Buddhism is a religion that truly breaks from attachments to form. It is a truly non-superstitious religion. Why do things exist in the world? Buddhism can provide explanations. In the past, there was a Mahabrahma Dewaraja, king of Mahabrahma heaven, who liked to tell tall tales. He would often tell the other heavenly beings, I created human beings, I created the world. One day, he heard that Buddha had come to the human world and attained Buddhahood, that Buddha knew everything and only spoke the truth. Thus, Mahabrahma Dewaraja became very curious and decided to go take a look and see what the Buddha was like. From the heavens, he descended to earth. Upon seeing the Buddha, he deliberately paid his respects and asked for guidance on how to practice to achieve liberation. Because Buddha had the ability to know another's mind, he knew what the Dewaraja was up to. So he inquired in return, Have you ever thought or claimed that you created everything? That you created all sentient beings, made the entire universe and produced heaven and earth? The Mahabrahma Dewaraja replied, Yes, I have thought of that and have also proclaimed it. Buddha continued, Mahabrahma, who then created you? At this point, Mahabrahma Dewaraja was speechless. Buddha then asked, You claim to have created all human beings and all life. In that case, is sickness also your creation. Afraid to be blamed for sickness, the Dewaraja protested, No, no! Because of people's fear of death, Buddha continued to ask, Since you created life, did you also create death? The Dewaraja replied, No, no, I only created life. I didn't create sickness and death. Buddha proceeded with many more queries which the Dewaraja could not answer. So he listened to what the Buddha had to say. As the Buddha spoke, Mahabrahma Dewaraja became both joyous and remorseful. Subsequently, he sought refuge with the Buddha. Overjoyed, he invited Buddha up to heaven to preach the Dharma. Hence the first one to have invited Buddha to expound the Dharma in the heavens was Mahabrahma Dewaraja. When Buddha arrived in heaven, 
there were soon many keen invitations from many other heavens to also have him expound the Dharma there. Once, when Buddha was in Trayastrimsha's heaven, Chakradevaraja, the king of Trayastrimsha's heaven, took refuge and invited Mahabrahma Devaraja to his celebration. Soon all the Dewa kings in heaven took refuge in Buddha. In Buddhist jargon, there is a phrase, conditions arise, their nature is empty. What does this mean? Well, conditions arise, their nature is empty. This is a name form. Names and forms are false names and false forms after all. If we do not explain this clearly, people tend to seek jargon from books to explain these terms, consequently making Buddhism sound too profound and too difficult for many to understand. All that I have just shared with you actually explains what is meant by conditions arise, their nature is empty. Whatever arises from the aggregation of causes and conditions is impermanent. Its nature is empty. Thus, all things and events produced by aggregations of causes and conditions are essentially empty. They are false names and false forms.